Hello, and welcome to another episode of RAN. We booked it. Today is about the books that broke us, and maybe they broke you too, if you happen to read them as well. And if so, we're sorry. Yeah. But before we get started, make sure to check out our Instagram, because uh, the holidays are coming up, like, things are switching up a little bit uh, over here in podcast lands. And how we're doing it, at the very <laughs> least. So, for your information, Instagram will have a lot more information. I was so surprised! Yeah, me too, honestly. <laughs> of course, that's the one I haven't read. If you listen to this, we're proud of you. We're proud of you. <laughs> a um, book with a not-too-depressing ending. So, I kind of I wanted to talk about The Fault in Our Stars, which I think is his most well-known work. Turtles All the Way Down, Looking for Alaska, and Paper Towns. And really, with all of these, it's like someone beloved dies <laughs> for almost all of them. Uh, the Fault in Our Stars specifically, that the movie and the book both made me cry. I've never had someone in my life who was terminally ill. And so to watch them, to watch specifically Augustus, fade away is it's hard because not it'll not only hurts me as a reader it hurts the main character i mean looking for alaska the love interest dies in that one i guess the thing about his books is he's he always writes about something that's real and that's why a lot of people connect to them um cancer is real ocd is real apparently Paper towns aren't real, but the concept is of, like, making a fake town in your map so you know someone's copied the map you made. Uh And there's just a lot of grief. (laughs) I can segue. I can segue. Let's talk about um, what, for the longest time, were some of my favorite books. Let's start with one of my, the first one, which is Almost Home. So this is, like, a kid's contemporary Almost Home really, really hit me. Mm-hmm. I didn't cry or anything, but I really felt it. So it's about this little girl named Sugar May mm-hmm. um, and her mom. And they struggle to make payments on their house, and they end up getting kicked out. And they have to go to a homeless shelter. Sugar actually gets put into like foster care for a time since her mother cannot care for her. Mm-hmm. Um but along the way, Sugar uh, ends up taking in this dog that a little, another little girl's dad was making her get rid of. So, um, the dog's name is... forget. <laughs> I want to say Shiloh, but I kind of doubt that, and I might just be confusing my books. Um, or, like, Whisper something. Because um, it's a very quiet dog. Um, but it's kind of her and that dog, and you know, trying to get through a really tough time. Mm-hmm. And I really like that because um, I get what it's like to have a single mother because my mom is a single mother. She's mm-hmm. raised me. Um, there's points in this book where Sugar thinks about her dad because her dad is a gambling addict. Her parents, met, like, I don't know if they were married or separated or whatever, but, like, her mom always let her dad back in. Mm-hmm. Um. So there are parts where she's just, like, come back, like, even if it's not, like, her mom on the phone 
calling like I don't care if you don't have money like just come back please we need help mm. and like sugar kind of understanding like it's kind of pointless but still kind of having that like little bit of hope like maybe he'll come back and help and then there's uh parts where this sugar uh her grandfather uh who is deceased we don't see him alive in the book but she recalls a lot of moments with him and how he wrote this book and like her grandpa just always encouraging her mm-hmm. and um at the time my grandpa wasn't dead yeah but now he is so i get that cuz like i i loved my grandpa he was like the best person ever um and like just having a deadbeat dad like i really get that and it was a really real book it was the realest book i think that's the first like contemporary book i ever read mm. so i was like this is sad and i really was not prepared for things to just kind of keep getting worse yeah. before they got a little bit better i think i'll discuss elnor and park by rainbow rowl This one, you see the perspectives of both Eleanor and Park, and you see their relationship, but also their individual struggles. And Eleanor, she's like, she's a very realistic character who struggles with the way she looks because of societal standards. And Park is pressured by his parents to succeed in the highest degree and I guess what really broke me is that not only do they not end up getting together it's because of like Eleanor's abusive I don't know if he's like a stepfather or actual father but um like my own mother an abusive stepdad and that says to you that you're not worthy and you're not valuable that's heartbreaking I can go with this so rain rain another like kids contemporary it's about a little girl she finds a dog uh her name the title is rain rain which is like rain like rain falling and then like rain like a king reigns over his land mm-hmm. so her name is like one of those words for like you know like row row and row mm-hmm. or bow and bow you know like mm-hmm. or like even words that like like aren't spelled similar like rain and rain but sound the exact same like her name is like one of those So she's obsessed with those and she finds a dog again and she lives just with her dad and they're struggling as well and she names her dog Rain the her, the dog Rain I believe and um it's just kind of like Rain making life at home better and I remember there's a time where the dog runs away or gets lost and she's so worried about this dog mm-hmm. and her, dad didn't really like the dog so it's a lot of her advocating for like her one friend the mm-hmm. dog her trying to make sure that she keeps that dog and her dad kind of coming out of being just a jerk and trying to be a better dad a little bit mm-hmm. uh i don't quite remember it um but i liked it it was it was nice once again just dogs make things better I want to talk about Girl in Pieces. And this book follows Charlotte who has who's 17 years old and has already been through more things than 
a lot of people have been through at that age. Uh, she had a very abusive mother. She was bullied, lost her father and like two friends that were really close to her. And the way she copes is through self-harm. And so the book follows her from like being in the hospital to at the end, not quite on her feet, but better than off than when she started. But again, like the themes of this are very, <laughs> uh, they're just sad and depressing because of how real they are. I know a lot of people struggle with self-harm and you know, not feeling loved and supported by the people in their life. As, as much as this book hurt to read, I enjoyed it because of how real it was. And it just showed like, and like one of the themes is you know, your happiness should not depend on others. And that's definitely something that I've caught myself doing is letting other people dictate whether or not I'm happy or successful. I'm going to talk about Courage for Beginners. So it's about this girl and her mother. She has like a phobia. I can't remember what it was. It might be close to like agoraphobia mm. um, or something like the other. So she doesn't leave the house. Mm -hmm. And her father is the breadwinner, but he gets his arm broken and is unable to work for a period of time. So her family doesn't have anything uh, financially supporting them for that bit. Mm. Uh, and it's really hard. She's entering middle school. Oof. Um, yeah, that and, was a great time. And while all of this is happening, her best friend and only friend decides he's going to do a social experiment and pretend to be a hipster so he can get in with like the cool kids. And then once he gets in with the cool kids, he proceeds to leave her <laughs> and taunt her just like all the other kids do. I was so angry. I have written, and screw her ex-best friend, because <gasps> screw him. She ends up befriending a fifth grader who rides the bus with her. I just, I really like this book. I particularly remember a scene uh, during Thanksgiving where she had to go and get a turkey by herself and carry it all the way home. And I think at some point, like, that's when her best friend and, like, the rest of them show up and they kind of tease her. But she feels, it's just really hard. She's like, I'm trying to get a bit of normalcy, like, so we can have Thanksgiving. We can have a turkey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had to go out and do it on my own because my dad can't carry it and my mom won't leave the house. And financially we're struggling and I'm just alone. And I felt, it's just, it's really sad. It gets better towards the end of her, of course. The book is kind of like her getting courage, courage for beginners, but it's really, it's really hard because it's such, she's going through so many big life changes. Right. And she doesn't really have anyone because like, yeah, she friends a fifth grader, but like she's lost a best friend that she's known for years. Mm -hmm. That know. doesn't replace that overnight, sadly. Right. That's really hard. Heartless, which is Marissa Meyer's, um, like like Harry not Harry Potter, <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. Good lord! There we go. Alice in Wonderland spinoff, and this follows Catherine. And I've talked about this book before, but yes, she her life is basically 
decided for her. She wants to be a baker and she wants to do it with her friend who's also like her maid. <laughs> <laughs> um, who she, her, her friend's like really good with numbers and accounting and Catherine's like really good at baking. And so they think they'd be a really good team. And so originally that's her goal is she wants to open a shop and just bake for people. But her mother wants her to become the next queen. And so her mother sets her up for all these situations. Like they, there's a black and white ball at the beginning of the book. And Catherine doesn't know that it's a black and white ball. And her mother's like, wear the red dress. So she's the only one at the oh ball wearing gosh. something red. <laughs> So she's very eye-catching. And it's, you know, situations like that. And she ends up meeting this new guy called Jest, who's this handsome and mysterious court joker. Yes! Yeah, and he, like, takes her on adventures, and she sees things that she's never seen before, and it's, like, the first time she actually feels alive and, like, she's enjoying her life. And the theme of the book is destiny and she's really determined to define her own destiny and fall in love on her own terms but fate has other plans and when Jess is murdered she decides to marry the king and becomes the heartless queen of hearts and it's just that transformation because of her grief and her loss that it, that's what broke me because <laughs> sometimes Aww. sometimes I feel like I've lost a lot and then I've turned into my own monster <laughs> it's just so hard to watch someone who was you know so set on choosing their own life only to fall into what other people wanted for them I guess going along with this uh fearing that you'll turn into a monster. Um, <laughs> Sing Me Forgotten. Ah. I posted about this book on the Instagram saying, I wanted a happy, short little read, <laughs> and I was not prepared for this book. Because it was not a happy, short little read. Mm -hmm. It was a sad read. Yes. I've talked about it before, but the main character falls in love with this guy and ends up helping him find his long-lost sister and save her. But she has to make him forget her. Mm -hmm. Or she'll become a monster. So, it's just so sad. Because her life legitimately falls apart. Like, she was living a decent life with someone who's raised her, who she felt loved and cared for her. And she's gonna work hard and maybe like actually become an opera singer one day mm. and then like it turns out the person who raised her doesn't care for her and it was just kind of an experiment mm. and you know it could have been her it could have been anyone else really um with the same like uh powers as her and like just having to like you know she becomes a wanted person her face is known she can never stop running or stop hiding yeah. and you know she kind of sees like she as like at least her individually maybe in the future people like her will live a good life but 
she won't. She won't get to see that. She won't even get to have anyone she loves beside her either. Because the person she loves will turn her into a monster without even trying. And I remember I t- it, it took me like three days to read it. I just like kept reading it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And like, she, like how will this, like, maybe there's another book. She'll solve it. Like, but she doesn't. She doesn't solve it. Yeah. Because sometimes it's really, it's too realistic about the fact that like, you can't solve all the political problems in the world. Yeah. Sometimes you're just one person who doesn't have the skill set. Speaking of dying young. <laughs> no, you're not doing that. Segway into Mockingjay. Prim. It's really just Prim dying. <laughs> There's a bunch of other like stuff. It's not the entirety of the book, but it's but like, re- it's, it's a big part, I'm sure. Yeah, it's really what makes it so devastating because this is the end of the trilogy. It's the last book. Things are wrapping up and everything just really sucks. PETA is no longer PETA. Katniss is in charge of this rebellion, which is not what she asked for. And her and her district are, like, living with the District 13 that no one knew survived. And it's just chaos. (laughs) What gets me is Prim dies. And the whole point in the first book for Katniss to go through all of this was to volunteer in her sister's place so that her sister would not die. Despite her best efforts, it still ends up happening. And that's, I just, I don't even know what to say because it just sucks and is sad. From Mockingjay to Flowers for Algernon. In middle school, our English textbook had a section of this book that we read. And ever since then, I was really intrigued by the idea. So the main character is a man who mentally is slow. He's mentally handicapped. Mm. Um, And, like, you can see it in the way he spells, in the way he thinks, in the way he talks. But he's he's happy because he doesn't know people are making fun of him. Mm. And there are people who are genuinely nice to him as well. He grew up abused uh, because he was slow. And his parents didn't like that. Um, he ends up being chosen, uh, or signed up to like be an exper- in an experiment. So um, these scientists have taken a very stupid rat and made it very, very smart. And that rat is Algernon. Mm-hmm. And they're like, let's do this with a person. Ooh. And so the main character is chosen, and he goes through this, and it works he becomes extremely, extremely intelligent. Um, he moves out on his own. Uh, he, he studies up on these extremely complex uh, theories and things, like hugely complex things. Like he's working on huge things. He's working with the scientists at the same level as them. No longer like just the experiment, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It's really human, him realizing, like, oh, people are being rude to me. And 
like I don't have to go to this adult class anymore. I don't need help reading anymore. Mm-hmm. And like even he had a crush on one of the teachers, and like he surpasses that her. Mm-hmm. And so like once all this happens, it's a lot of like him studying, him being great that he's smart. He kind of has a, a good bond with the rat. Um, Chris are kind of going through it together. It kind of gets a bit mature um, with certain aspects, uh, a certain relationship he has with his neighbor, Mm -hmm. um, him wanting to have a more intimate relationship with his old teacher. um, And things just seem to be looking up a lot. And the book is kind of in the way of like diary entries. And then um, you notice uh, he mentions Algernon was getting really erratic he was acting out he was lashing out he was biting the caretakers all this stuff so they're like what's happening there and um algernon begins to deteriorate he can no longer do these complex mazes uh or any of his other stuff and um you know this starts the 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 next part of the book which is um if Algernon's deteriorating, what happens to me, the main character? And you start to see him regress as well. He messes up spelling. He forgets things. He uh, thinks and acts in the same ways. Uh, he goes back to his old job. People make fun of him. He doesn't realize. Um, and the, the really sad fact is he knows. Yeah. He knows he's going back to how he was. Like, there's a, towards the end, there's an entry, and he's like, I went back to my old class, and everyone looked at me weird, and then I realized I hadn't been there. Hmm. And the last the last thing, um, Algernon dies. Hmm. So, of course, he's like, well, I think that's it for me then. Hmm. And, um, the last entry is he skips town. He leaves town. And he leaves a request. He says, leave some flowers at Algernon's grave. Aww. And that's the end of the book. And I wasn't prepared no. for that at all. It's really sad. Yeah. Sad because he, it's really sad because he knows what's happening. Like he's, he's left with that knowledge. Yeah. But not only that, like, he's getting worse than he once was. Uh, I also wanted to talk about Allegiant, which is the third book in the Divergent trilogy. And I heard some people very angry with this book when it came out and they finished it. It was the only book in the trilogy to introduce Tobias's point of view. Oh. So it alternated. Red flag. Yeah. So it alternated between Triss's point of view, which is what the other books were written in, and his point of view. And that was the first red flag. Um and of course, Triss has to be the one who sacrifices herself in order to save everyone. After, you know, getting in her head over the course of three books. Seeing her journey, seeing how much that she's overcome, it's so hard to read. (laughs) I've, I know that um, in media, in books, 
there always seems to be that one person who they have to be the one to make the sacrifice for everyone else in dramatic or not so dramatic situations. And I've never really enjoyed that necessary evil. <laughs> I'm gonna turn to a nonfiction book uh, called Chinese Cinderella. Mm-hmm. It's nonfiction. This is the author's like biography of sorts, autobiography. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one's which actually. <laughs> it's been a while. And um, it starts off with her life, uh, her being born. No one loves her, really, because her mom died in childbirth. Mm. And everyone blames her for her mother's death. So her brothers, I don't remember if he was a sister, but they all blame her for her mother's death. And they pick on her and tease her about that. Mm. And it's just her telling all of these stories um, her dad remarries this French woman, and they have a kid, and the French woman just hates his kids. Mm. She wants, like, the extravagant in life and to be, like, more Western and stuff like that. And uh, I know there's a part where she gets a duck. Everyone, like, all the kids get ducklings, and she names hers, like, Precious Little Treasure. So she nicknames it, like, PLT. And her dad had a dog that they were training oh. and um, during a time when he was showing off the dog um, he told one of her brothers to go and get them. and he of course didn't want his duckling so he went and got his little sister's duckling the main character mm. and she watched her duckling get mauled And it's just, it's really hard because there's one brother who, like, she was kind of getting close to one of her brothers. And then one day, uh, he brings her some orange juice and she drinks it and she realizes he's peed in it. Oh. And her life just never really goes well at all. At school, at home. Her grandma's kind of nice. um, And then she dies. And, like, honestly, the good ending is in this book is the fact that at the end, she's off on her own and can pursue her own thing, mm-hmm. which I think was journalism. And you said that was nonfiction? Yeah, it's nonfiction. Oh. I, her aunt, I'm looking now. Her aunt, yeah, she loved her aunt. Her aunt was the only person who was kind to her. Aww. And her aunt, like, moved away, or they moved away from her aunt at some point Mm. so she couldn't see her aunt (laughs) is called illumine and this is like a sci-fi dystopian set in space type book so a little bit different (laughs) from the other ones but it starts with katie and ezra breaking up um and the same day that happens their planet is invaded (laughs) (laughs) and this book is about like two rival mega corporations and they're at yeah they're at war over a planet um that's like barely even a speck on the edge of the universe um 
So even though they've broken up, Katie and Ezra work together to, like, evacuate um, their planet as best they can. And um, while there's, like, this hostile warship, like, raining down all these, like, bots and things that are killing people and the earth is splitting apart and it's just bonkers. And that's only the first part of the book. They end up on two separate ships. Um, and Ezra is able to like hack the computer and they can communicate to each other. But really, uh, like as they're talking, they're discovering like what's going on on each other's ships. And on one, a plague has broken out and people are mutating into these like I wouldn't call them zombies, but they're definitely out to kill other people. (laughs) (laughs) And then on the other hand, the artificial intelligence on one of the ships is like slowly becoming self-aware and is basically becomes the antagonist and sets up all these challenges for Katie, the girl um to like overcome and he's basically the ai is basically like yeah come and destroy me oh my gosh (laughs) so she with a bunch of like a few other people go and they like take this axe and they're like hacking away at like all the wires and trying to do their best while this plague is going on and oh Um, It is just crazy. And, of course, there's, like, devastation everywhere. People are either dying or getting sick. Um, Or getting sick and then dying. (laughs) Um, And it was just really difficult to read because essentially everything was out of their control. And you don't really know what's going on until the very end when one of the leaders of the mega corporation like confronts Katie and you know talks to her about a little bit about what's going on the interesting part about this book though is it's not written in a standard format uh everything is set up as if it's like a report or like a web chat um pages are black with like the text printed white on them as if they're words floating through space. And it's, I'll have to send you pictures of it because it was, it's very visually interesting, even if it tells a very devastating (laughs) story. And I, yeah, it's, um, I'm pretty sure it's a trilogy. I think so. I've seen it before in Barnes and Noble. I believe I picked it up. And then I put it down. Yes. Um, it is It is a trilogy, but I have not been able to get myself to read the other books. Um, mostly because uh, they are so visual. But um, the first one just broke my heart. <laughs> oh. Just, I, I think it's really the feeling of everything being out of control. Like having no say on what's going on 
That's yeah, what that's, that's what broke me for that one. <laughs> well, my my last book is Secret Home of a Daisy. Hmm. Um, gosh dang, fifth book. We start off with the young main character refusing to go inside at her own mother's funerals. Oh. She's never met her father. Her mother is dead. She now has to move in with her grandmother, who she hates. She's never met her grandmother, but she hates her grandmother. Mm-hmm. And uh, she moves back to her mom's hometown, and she just she's fighting it so much. Um, she's away from her best friend, the people she knew, like because a single mother who was honestly they never stayed anywhere. They were constantly moving around. Mm-hmm. Um, they were renting like a small apartment from this other family. And she really liked them, but she's farther away from them at the moment. Um, she refuses to go into her grandmother's house. She stays out in the shed. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and while she's in uh, back with her grandmother and, and her mother's hometown, honestly, she's just searching for any sign of her mother she can find. And you learn uh, all these things that happened. Her grandmother... Um, didn't approve of her mother being pregnant, so her mother left. Um, there was the fact that um, her mother and her father were together, um, but her father died in an accident at work before she was born, and that's kind of what starts, what also helps um, start her mother just moving around constantly. Yeah, so it's about the main character who just is looking for her mother where she can. Um, is alone a lot, hates her grandmother, but slowly starts to realize, like, that her grandma loves her and that her mom was kind of always working her way back home, back to her own mother. And so it has a nice ending of, like, her, like, coming to terms with, like, having to be with her grandma, but, like, man, if my mom died, I wouldn't function. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's so hard. And this, and to start off, like, right there, like, she's out at the creek by the funeral home because she doesn't want to go in. Mm-hmm. Like, that's hard. And just, I, it's such a big change, and she's so defiant at first, and she doesn't want any of it. Yeah. And then she, she doesn't make friends. Just finds secrets that her mother discovered or made years ago getting back to finding herself yeah without her mother that one made me real sad when i read it yeah it's like gosh darn it they're such pretty like poetic titles and i'm like hmm, i'm intrigued and then you do this to me <laughs> yeah pretty much don't trust a pretty book oh yeah no <laughs> all the pretty books are sad and they hurt yeah so sorry about that episode this episode <laughs> but Oof. uh I feel like I've discovered some things about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a good, contempt- sad contemporary will make you. Mm-hmm. Well, those are all my books. All right. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast. Remember to check out our Instagram. As I said, holiday season. Make some things up. Yeah. Keep uh, in the know. Mm-hmm. But uh, as for as now. As for now. We, we got, got a book, book yet. yet.